And it's good to see you this morning. It's good to, to be in the house of God together. It's good to come and to worship the Lord. And this morning we're going to continue in the series that we've been going through on a Sunday morning, which is all about the Holy Spirit. We've been learning about the Holy Spirit. And last week we, we were talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We've seen what the Bible had to say about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And this morning we're going to come to part two of that message on what is the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Now last week we looked at four different passages from the book of Acts where believers were baptized with the Holy Spirit. After that we've seen the day of Pentecost, we've seen it with Philip, we've seen it in Cornelius's house, we've seen God pour out his spirit upon many different people's lives. And we notice from these four different passages in the book of Acts, just four we're looking at, but the many more accounts where people are baptized in the Holy Spirit. But, but we're looking at these four passages in particular because in these four passages, we notice that there are six things that we need to know about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Last week, we looked at the first thing that we need to know about the baptism in the Holy Spirit, and that is that on these occasions when people were baptized in the Holy Spirit, there was an overwhelming inbreaking of God's presence that was felt by all. Everybody felt God's presence who were there. Everybody uh, sensed God's presence. In other words, something big was happening, and it was obvious to everybody who was there. And as I shared last week, it's an important point for us to know is that God's presence can be felt and experienced. It's not something that we just talk about. We can encounter the living God. We can feel his presence. We can know the presence of our God. And if you weren't here last week, then check out our podcast. It is up on, on the website, and you can listen back to that message. But today we're going to look at the next thing that we need to know and the next thing that we can discover from Scripture about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And next week we're going to look at the remaining four because they're a little bit shorter. So the second thing that we find in, in Scripture and in these four passages in particular is that the baptism in the Holy Spirit is a separate experience from salvation. Although it can happen when we are saved, although when we can come to know Jesus, we can receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. But we see from Scripture that the baptism in the Holy Spirit is a separate experience to the salvation experience. You know, and this morning I want to make it clear that when we, when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, when we become Christians, we do receive the Holy Spirit. The Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 3, it says, No one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. One of the most important roles of the Holy Spirit is to draw us to Christ, to convict us of our sin, and to lead us into a relationship with Jesus. When we ask Jesus to forgive us of our sins, when we invite Christ into our heart, the Holy Spirit comes. We, we have the Holy Spirit comes and dwells within our lives. So I want to make it clear for us this morning, and we see it in Scripture time and time again, that when we surrender our lives to Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes and dwells and lives in us. However, we notice in Scripture that the baptism in the Holy Spirit is a separate experience from salvation. It's a different experience. And we're going to look this morning at the disciples, and we're going to look at our ultimate example in all things. We're going to look at the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Now, the Bible tells us that, that 40 days after his resurrection, after Jesus had died on the cross, after he had rose again, 40 days after he rose again, 
he spent some time with the disciples and and there was many occasions where he appeared to the disciples and began teaching the disciples and we see it in acts chapter 1 and verse 3 it says in acts chapter 1 verse 3 after his suffering he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive he appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of god so after he rose again he was proving to the disciples that he was actually who he said he was that he was the living son of god that he conquered death that he was alive and he began to minister and teach about uh, the kingdom of god and there are two times when jesus met with the disciples after he was raised from the dead and we're going to look at those two occasions this morning the first occasion was on resurrection day the day where he rose again in john chapter 20 you can read about this the day when jesus rose again we can see on the third day after he defeated death we can see uh, jesus appearing to the disciples now this must have been a strange day for the disciples they were heartbroken they saved and lord, lord had died but now there was rumors going around everywhere that jesus was alive he had risen from the dead some of them had doubted some of them wasn't sure some of them thought that his body had been stolen that it was a mistake but in fact jesus was alive and the disciples they were gathered together behind locked doors they were hiding they were afraid because of what people might do to them because of their faith in christ because of what Ro the romans might have done to them so they were hiding in fear on that day but we see in john chapter 20 that jesus he passes through the locked doors and he appears to them even when they're afraid he appears to them he shows them his, his hands he shows them the nail prints in his hand he shows them his side he showed it shows them to prove that he really did die on the cross that he it was really him and you can read in john chapter 20 the disciples they were overwhelmed with joy jesus was alive he was alive the savior was alive but then we notice something a little bit unusual that happens if you read it and and oftentimes we can pass over this this passage of scripture i've done it many times but there's something significant that we need to to take a look at and in john chapter 20 in verse 22 jesus does something unusual john 20 verse 22 and it says and with that he breathed on them and said receive the holy spirit they now seen that he was alive they seen that he had conquered death that he died for them on the cross that he was now alive and now he does something different he breathes on them and he says receive the holy spirit now theologically i think and i believe that this experience represents the born again experience for the disciples that they now had received the holy spirit the ultimate price had been paid jesus had conquered death hell and grave and jesus was alive and this was a significant moment and this is an experience which shows to us that, that this must have been a salvation experience now they believed that he rose again and they were receiving god into their lives that they truly believed who he was that he was the lord and savior it was a powerful moment in their lives that was on the resurrection day but now we're going to look at the second occasion when he encounters the disciples and that's on the ascension day the day before he said uh, the day that jesus ascends into heaven and on that day before he ascends into heaven he gives his disciples some incredible encouragement he begins to encourage his disciples he had done it for many days but on the day where he was being ascend that he was going to ascend into heaven he gives some encouragement to his disciples acts chapter 1 verse 4 
to 9. Acts chapter 1, verse 4 to 9, it says, On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates that the Father set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he had said this, he was taken up before their very eyes and a cloud hid him from their sight. So we know that, that, that Jesus is giving them this encouragement. After they had received, after Jesus had breathed on, on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit, we see that Jesus does something different. He's encouraging them and telling them about a different experience which they were going to have with the Holy Spirit. They'd received the Holy Spirit, but something different was going to happen. It was different from that born again experience. And now we see Jesus, he's referring here to them as being baptized with the Holy Spirit. They weren't just going to receive the Holy Spirit, but they were going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And that shows to us this is a different experience. It's a different experience altogether. And in fact, Jesus gives them this commission. He says, after you have received power, you will have power to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So this experience, this baptism in the Holy Spirit was going to be a different experience to just receiving the Holy Spirit. The first they needed to receive, they needed to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And when they were baptized with the Holy Spirit, they were going to receive power to do what he had called them to do. And that's one of the main reasons for the baptism in the Holy Spirit. It's one of the important reasons for the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And that's the greatest, one of the greatest aspects of the Holy Spirit for us today is that when we are baptized with the Holy Spirit, it is for us to be empowered to be witnesses for Jesus wherever he has placed us. That is what the baptism in the Holy Spirit is about, to receive power, God's power, to be effective witnesses for him where he has placed us in the world around us. Now, you and I, you know, we, we all know, I'm sure this morning, that it's difficult to witness, isn't it? It's difficult to share about Jesus in the world in which we live in. And in such an unbelieving world, in a world where people will reject God and reject Christ so openly, it's difficult to share the good news of Jesus. Many people reject it. Many people put us down. Many people will mock us because of our faith. But there's something significant happens when we are baptized with the Holy Spirit. We receive a power from God. We receive power from God that enables us to effectively share Jesus we can't do it in and of our own strength. If we try to witness of our own strength, yeah, we might see some people come to know Jesus. But if we want to see a real impact for Christ, then we need the power of God in our lives. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, the Holy Spirit, he gives us the power we need for daily living, for our Christian life, but also to do the things that God has called us to do. If you want to do the things that God has called you to do, then you're going to need the Holy Spirit. If you want to be effective in your Christian life, you're going to need the Holy Spirit. Otherwise, it just becomes a religion and we just go through the motions. If you want your Christian walk to go to the next level, if you want to experience God in a new way, if you want to know his power in and through your life, if you want to see life transformed, then you're going to need the Holy Spirit. 
because it is the Holy Spirit who empowers us to live out this Christian life, but to be effective witnesses for Christ wherever we are. And that is the main reason for us being baptized with the Holy Spirit. It's a different experience. Yes, we receive the Holy Spirit that confirms in our hearts that we are children of God, that Jesus is Lord, but the baptism in the Holy Spirit is to empower us to be witnesses for Christ. I love reading about many of the great men and women of God in the past. I love reading stories about what God has done in and through lives of, of faithful servants of him. And one of my favorite is Smith Wigglesworth. Many of you might have read about Smith Wigglesworth. I love reading about Smith Wigglesworth. And this is a quote from Smith Wigglesworth. He said, God wants to purify our minds until we can bear all things, believe all things, hope all things, and endure all things. God dwells in you, but you cannot have this divine power. You cannot have this divine power until you live and walk in the Holy Spirit, until the power of the new life is greater than the old life. We need the power of God in our lives if we're going to make a difference, if we're going to really stand for Christ and, and see our communities transformed, our homes transformed, our workplaces transformed. We're going to need the power of the Holy Spirit working in and through our lives. If you want to be an effective witness for Christ, you're going to need the Holy Spirit. If you want to be a faithful and good Christian and keep pursuing God and step into all that he has for you, you're going to need to be receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. You know, Acts chapter 2 it records the second experience that Jesus had talked about in Acts chapter 1, the day of Pentecost. Jesus had told them to wait until they were endued with power on, from on high. They could have gone and shared about Jesus, but Jesus told them, no, don't go. Wait until you receive power, until you were baptized with the Holy Spirit. And we see on the day of Pentecost, the, Holy, the disciples, they're there in the upper room. They're waiting together. I'm sure they were praying together. They were praising God together. And as they were there, united in unity, all there with one heart, with one purpose, waiting upon God, as they were there, the Bible tells us in Acts chapter 2 that the Holy Spirit came. They heard a sound from heaven, and the Holy Spirit came, and they were all baptized with the Holy Spirit. And there appeared upon their heads tons of fire. Can you imagine being in that room? Can you imagine what that was like when they were all there and the power of God came upon them all together? Tongues of fire appearing upon their head. They began to speak in other tongues, languages they had never learned. And we're going to learn, uh, we're going to study about that next week, about uh, the power of pre speaking in tongues. And, and the speaking in tongues is the initial evidence of being baptized in the Holy Spirit. But we see in Acts chapter 2, this just shows us it's the second experience. They were now empowered from on high. And Peter, he goes out on the day of Pentecost and he begins preaching to 3,000 people. That day, 3,000 people come to know Jesus. I'd love to see that happen right here, right now. How many of you would love to see that happen? That God's power comes, and all of a sudden, Abraham just gathers together because the, the presence of God is felt by all. Many people were drawn to that place because they heard the sound from heaven. They didn't know what was happening. But Peter stands up in the power of God. 3,000 people are saved. That's what happens when we are filled with the Holy Spirit. That's what happens when we are baptized in the Holy Spirit. God begins to do the supernatural in and through our lives. The impossible becomes possible when the Holy Spirit is in, working in and through our lives. So we see it's a separate experience that they've now received power to be effective witnesses. We see in Acts chapter 8, when Philip, he went to Samaria to preach. We see there was a great revival that broke out. 
and the apostles they heard this incredible revival was happening now they didn't have twitter they didn't have instagram so word must have got to them this incredible revival was happening you know as leonard Ravenel once said you don't have to advertise a fire when god is moving people will know about it people will hear about it and they heard about this incredible revival that was happening in samaria and so the apostles they decided to to send peter and john to go and check it out for themselves but if you notice in in acts chapter 8 verse 14 to 17 notice what what their hearts were what the apostles hearts were their desire was for the new converts it says in acts chapter 8 verse 14 to 17 when the apostles in jerusalem heard that samaria had accepted the word of god they sent peter and john to samaria when they arrived they prayed for the new believers there that they might receive the holy spirit because the holy spirit had not yet come on any of them they had, sim they had simply been baptized in the name of the lord jesus then peter and john placed their hands on them and they received the holy spirit isn't that amazing the first things that the apostles wanted the new believers to receive it wasn't for them to go through a discipleship class it wasn't for them to go through six or eight weeks in church and then they can start moving and then they can receive the holy spirit the first priority for them was they've received christ they've accepted the word of god they put their trust in jesus now let's get them filled with the holy spirit they need to receive the power of god in and through their lives it's exactly the same in acts chapter 19 you can read it in acts chapter 19 when paul he turns up to ephesus and we've we've read this over the last few months we see paul he turns up to ephesus and and he encounters these disciples there and these disciples they say that they received john's baptism being baptized in water but they never even heard that there was a holy spirit and you know i think that's a common response by many people in this church today they don't even know that there is a holy spirit many people are unsure of the holy spirit many people think that the holy spirit was for the past but i believe with all my heart that the holy spirit is for the here and now he is the god in the here and now and he is still baptizing people he is still empowering people to be effective witnesses for him you know it's important for us that we know about the baptism in the holy spirit it's important for us to realize that it is a separate experience to re just receiving jesus as our lord and savior it's important for us to realize that we need the baptism in the holy spirit because the baptism in the holy spirit empowers us to be effective witnesses for christ without it without the holy spirit we will be ineffective without him we'll just go through the motions but when we empowered from on high we'll see the supernatural happening within our lives you know our faith is not a religion it's a relationship it's a relationship with a living god it's not just a religious tradition we believe in a supernatural powerful god who wants to work the supernatural in and through our lives and that comes when we receive the baptism in the holy spirit you know when we begin to teach about this when we begin to tell people about this and we encourage people to be baptized in the holy spirit people's eyes are open their hearts are open and they receive all that god has for them as a church we're a pentecostal church we believe in the baptism of the holy spirit we believe it is a separate experience it can happen when people receive jesus as their lord and savior i mean you know immediately after they can receive it but i believe with all my heart we need to realize that the baptism in the holy spirit is a separate experience so that we will be empowered to be effective witnesses for christ as we come to a conclusion this morning i just want to read a story i'm reading at the moment i'm reading this book about smith wigglesworth on the holy spirit i'm reading about what god done in and through his life but i just want to read 
a, a small portion, a, a small story in here that, that really encouraged me even as I was reading it last night. And this is what he says. He says, in this passage, sorry, let me find it. It says, there was a certain rich man in London whose business flourished. He used to count all his many assets, but he was still troubled inside. He didn't know what to do. Walking around his large building, he came a boy, uh, upon a boy who was a doorkeeper, and he found the boy whistling. Looking at him, he seized up the whole situation completely and went back to his office again and puzzled over the matter. He went back to his business, but he found he could find no peace. His bank could not help him. His money, his success could not help him. He had an aching void in his heart. He was helpless within. He goes on to say, my friend, without having, uh, having the world, without having God, is like being a whitewashed settler. When he could get no rest, he exclaimed, I will go and see what the boy is doing. Again, he went and found him whistling. I want you to come into my office, he said. When they entered the office, the man said, tell me, what makes you so happy and cheerful? Oh, replied the boy, I used to be so miserable until I went to a little mission and heard about Jesus. Then I was saved and filled with the Holy Spirit. I am always whistling inside. If I'm not whistling, I'm singing. I'm just full. This rich man obtained the address of the mission from the boy, went to the services and sat beside the door. But the power of God moved so strongly that when the altar call was given, he responded. God saved him. A few days afterwards, he was filled and baptized with the Holy Spirit. The man found himself at his desk once again, but this time shouting, Oh, hallelujah. I know the Lord. I know the Lord. I know the Lord's laid his hand on me. I know the Lord. I know the Lord. I know the Lord's laid his hand on me. You know, that story encouraged me. That this, this man, he had everything. He was a successful businessman. But he realized there was a void in his heart. Nothing could fill that void. But as soon as he received Christ and he received the power of the Holy Spirit, his life totally transformed. His life was filled with joy. That void in his heart was totally filled. You know, and it's the same for us. When we receive the Holy Spirit, we will receive joy overflowing. We will know the power of God in a way that we've never experienced it. We will know the love of God in a way we've never experienced it. As I said many, many times, my walk with Christ totally transformed when I received the Holy Spirit. It totally transformed my walk with Christ. As I said, as we come to a conclusion this morning, I wonder, are you missing out on all that God has for you? Is there an ache in your heart this morning? Yes, you come to church. Yes, you've got a lovely home. You've got a fantastic family. You've got a great job. But is there still a void in your heart this morning? Yes, maybe you've received Jesus, but you still feel there's something missing. Something missing in my life with Christ. Imagine this, maybe this morning you, you used to be on fire for Jesus. You used to be passionate about Jesus. You used to have a love for God and a passion for God. Maybe you used to have a longing for God to do incredible things in and through your life. But maybe because of life, because of situations, maybe you've just become lukewarm. Maybe you've just become apathetic. I wonder if we as a church become lukewarm and apathetic just going through the motions. Maybe we've become comfortable in coming to church instead of being the church. 
We're not called just to attend these next week, but we're called to be the church, to be the people of God, to encounter our God, to be led by God, and to step into all that he has for us. Jim Simula once said this. He said, how we need to wake up to the fact that the Holy Spirit's blessing and power is the key to everything. If we want to see God do incredible things in and through our lives, then we need the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit. And as I've said, maybe you've come here and you've just become lukewarm in your walk with the Lord. Well, I want to encourage you to seek the baptism in the Holy Spirit. To ask the Lord to fill you with the Holy Spirit. Maybe you have become apathetic. Ask God to fill you with love. The Lord's laid it on my heart this morning to pray for people to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. We see in the Bible that the, the apostles, they laid hands on people and they received the Holy Spirit. And we as a church, we believe in that. And I long to see people receive the power of God this morning. I don't want us just to end the service and think, yeah, that's it. It's great. It's quarter to 12. We'll go home and that's it. And I'm not asking us to wait here for hours and hours this morning. But I believe the Lord's laid it on my heart to wait upon God this morning. So that we would receive his life once again. Receive the power of God in and through our lives once again. As I've said, maybe you're here this morning. You've never been, you've never received the the Holy Spirit in your life, then I'd love to pray for you this morning, that you might receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Maybe you have received the Holy Spirit, then let's just take time this morning, let's begin to praise God, let's fix our eyes on Jesus and ask him to fill you once again. Maybe I could ask Adele, maybe you could come up and just lead us in a song of worship this morning. Let's just turn our hearts on God, you know, as we begin to worship, this begins to open up our spirit to the Lord. As we begin to praise Jesus, the Bible says God inhabits the praises of his people. As we begin to worship Jesus for who he is, for all that he has done in our lives, let's just ask the Lord to breathe on us once again. And as we are singing this song, maybe this morning you would like to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit for the first time. Then I'm going to ask you to do a bold thing. Come to the front. I'd love to pray for you so that you would know the power of God to take your Christian life to the next level, that you might be an effective witness for him in a new way if there's anyone here then just come forward I'll be on the front just come forward and I'll pray for you me and Paul will pray for you this morning but if you have received them just receive right now ask the Lord to fill you as we worship and as we sing this song
allow the Lord to, to fill you this morning as you sense his presence. Begin to drink into his presence. As you begin to praise him, allow, allow him just to fill you anew this morning until, until you're filled to overflowing with praises of our God. Hallelujah.